Welcome to Network, the official podcast for women in mining South Africa. I am Dendanil Kaimane, a member of the WIMSA committee. As you know, WIMSA has been hosting weekly digital diaries in celebration of Women's Month. And this week's theme is future. I am joined by Dr. Gargi Mishra, who will introduce herself shortly. And I am super excited to talk innovation and mining with her today. Hi, Gargi. How are you? Hi, Tindani. I'm very good. How are you? I'm good, thanks. I was really excited going through your profile. Um, I found out you're an exploration geologist, and I'm also a geologist by profession. So today we have two geologists talking about the future of mining. Rocking the future of mining. (laughs) Rocking the future of mining. (laughs) Talking about that, um, you are currently a senior principal um, digital mines at Hatch, and that sounds to me very different from geology. So if you could just briefly introduce yourself, um, tell our listeners, you know, how you started in geology and how you ended up in innovation. Okay, long story. I studied geology and pretty much reason was... I'm from India, so we don't study geology at a school level. So first time you study minerals and geology is when you go to university. So I have no clue what this geology subject looked like when I was in school. But then I saw this movie Jurassic Park, and there was all these paleontologists working and hunting dinosaurs. And they made me very excited. And I said, what's this? I want to study this. So I decided to study geology. And why I'm telling you this story, I will come back to the connecting dot. So I went to study geology. But the first day, first love at first sight, I saw these beautiful rocks and minerals. And that's it. I was in love and I knew what I'm going to study. So I started putting more efforts on mineralogists and then I become mineralogist. And when they actually start teaching paleontologists, I was not even interested because my heart was taken already by beautiful rocks. And then uh, because I was doing this mineralogy, uh, I I was having a more interest in minerals and rocks. I decided to go for higher studies and do the master's in geology. Uh, But I also always, uh, I, I was looking around geologists and I was seeing how, and that time economic cycles were different. And most of the people who were doing geology they were going into more academic and research back side of the business. And I was more keen into practical side of it. It means going to the mines, exploring new minerals, finding new deposit. You can call me, I always wanted to be in the field. And that was the one perk of being a geologist. Yeah, they do say diamonds are women's best friend. Yes. So I decided to study master's in geology, in applied geology in the Indian School of Mines, which is pretty much applied driven. So it means when you study there, they actually teach you hands-on approach on how to run a mine, what you need to know. So I studied there. And then from there, I was hired by DBRs for diamond exploration. So I was exploring diamonds in remote parts of India. And each time when we find a rock, it's a kimberlite. We were looking for kimberlites. We have to send it to South Africa to an expert here and who will tell us if, it's, if it is a diamond hosting rock or not. Then I thought, I want to learn that. I want to be the kimberlite petrologist. And I don't want to sit four months waiting for somebody to tell me if I actually hit. Even though you are a geologist, you know if it's you hit a kimberlite or not. But if it actually has a potential to be the next mine, that was the petrologist insight. And then once again, I ask DBS and they 
decided, okay, they would like to train me because of seeing my interest and my mineralogy background. So then I started working between India and Canada. And then eventually I become Kimberlite petrologist and I moved to South Africa. And I loved it here and decided to stay here and call it home. Often people call me, ask me why I call South Africa home. And I said, the feel, the vibe I got it when I came here. For example, when first time I was driving to DBS and I stopped to ask for direction. And the first thing this, the way the people approach you and they ask you and was like, how are you doing? And it was a genuine ask about knowing how you're doing than just a formal question. And that vibe I felt all over. People are genuine, very warm, and they look after you. So I loved it and decided to be here. So I was looking, I was working in DBS, working as a Kimberlite petrologist. And that took me to a lot of African countries, Angola, DRC, Botswana. So I was working that. I still love Kimberlite. I still do geology consulting and I still log core. When somebody finds a Kimberlite, they do send it to me and I do look at them. As parallel, my passion is still diamonds are still my best friend. But then uh, I started uh, looking, diamond industry was going down and we have option to look outside what else we can reskill ourselves. And that time geometallurgy was pretty much, even now it has a value. And because I am metallurgist, it was an obvious choice for me to reskill myself into geometallurgy because it's combined mineralogy plus metallurgy. So I decided to do a PhD in geometallurgy. But when I was doing my PhD, I was going to mine as a student, then as an employer, employee working there. So it means I was an outsider going to industry now. And then I start looking how actually mining think innovation and how they actually playing in this space, but not really looking the whole picture. Everybody is just overblamed with the buzzword and they're just buying things right, left and center. And I start thinking that can't be the way to innovate or that can't be. And that's I'm talking about 10 years, now eight years back. So we were still struggling that time. Now industry is very mature when it comes to innovation and technology. But that time we were pretty much figuring out what we need and what we need to solve. So then I thought, what could be the reason that we pretty much just optimizing one place of the mind and not looking at the system? And I am an outsider because I am there to collect my samples and do my PhD study. So I can see the problem rather when you are in a mining environment or in any organization, in a production driven environment, especially, you are so much overblamed with your target that you don't really get to see sometime and it's uh, you tend to forget the bigger picture which is and that's why technology helps now so then i start thinking how other industry innovate because we see mining has this approach that not invented here and very close system so then i started studying how banking and financial sectors actually evolve and how if you look around the banks now how they become actually not just a bank they are a, they are for everything they are a platform for services and we go there to get our airtime to buy our insurance and do online shopping plus banking is one add-on feature so how they did that journey and when I was doing that, I start also playing into startup space. And I saw that there are a lot of startups coming in Africa, in urban development, in agriculture, in fintech. But there is not much happening in the mining. And then I start thinking we do have such a young, smart youth around us and they are investing their brain and time to develop and innovate something. But why not they investing in mining? It means there is no incentive to innovate. 
uh, we are maybe looking outside of the country. So then I started talking about mining innovation and I launched this mining innovation portal and start writing about it. We have to innovate. Uh, we actually launched a marketplace to connect the startups to the mining companies, but there was nothing happening in the mining startup space. And I'm talking about 2014-15 in South Africa. <laughs> now we do have a lot of mining startups popping up. Then we said we have to do it ourselves to just to prove that it can be done. And that time I launched a transcript and pretty much it was a mining inspection app and safety solution plus helping mining companies to solve the road mapping, how we actually design a strategy to bring digitalization. So pretty much reason was to help companies to design their strategy, which incorporate people, process and technology. And that was we were doing in transcript. And coming back to your question, why to shift from geology to digital side? I think we always need to upskill ourselves. And I strongly believe that. If you look at my career, I was always, it's even though I'm in the same industry because I love mining, but it changed. I was a field geologist, then I become Kimberlite petrologist. So staying relevant and also evolving your own knowledge. So when I moved to technology, I was seeing what's happening in the mining. Mining is no more just limited to going to the field and collecting sample. Technology can add more value and you can actually find a deposit applying technology from your desktop. So I knew the shift is coming. And how to be part of that wave was pretty much which was driving my desire to upskill myself. And that was the reason. Was there some deliberate effort? Yes, because I like, I wanted to learn new things all my life. And I always say stay curious and look around what's happening and it's still relevant. And that's why because mining was changing towards technology, I came into technology side of it. Yeah, I think that 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 you you mentioned a very good point in terms of you know staying relevant. Um, when the world is changing and you stay stagnant, you might find yourself in a space where you can't um, deliver value for your employer or for the, the the industry. This leads me to my next question, which is. So the world is moving into a more 4IR space, which is innovation. It's more digital. I don't know, in the academic space, do you think that the way the academic um, side is structured supports people to start thinking of different careers in mining? Or do we always just have to reskill ourselves in another way? So that's a very good question. And when I started Mining Innovation Portal, that was the one key call. And I still do that discussion with all the mining stakeholders and present and hubs around the world that when we talk about the workforce of future, we need to develop them today. It means we have to start relooking how we teach mining, engineering, geology, and other subjects. And it's not necessary just to develop a better geologist and better mining engineer. It's also to develop youth into a future entrepreneur. It means giving them business skill. And I think it's a must for every university to have that. In last three, four years, especially in South Africa, we have seen the change. Universities are changing their curriculum and they, they are providing those short programs and they are skilling students at university level. But there is a lot more need to be done. And one reason I always say why is not necessary. 
there are two reasons we should do that. One, once you teach a student when they are still at varsity about the innovation and technology, either you will get a person who will work at your mind and understand innovation and technology. It means they will run the better operation better. Or you will create a startup or a business who will serve the industry. It means they, they understand mining and they understand business. So you created a startup. So benefit is twofold. What are the, the emerging technology trends that you see coming up um, in the industry? And do you think that those support diversity and inclusion? Will this um, emerging trends support the inclusion of women in the mining industry or will we not see a change at all? Technology actually enables us to have a diverse workforce. And it's not just in mining across any industry. And reason being, you're not bound to have a traditional skill to do the traditional job, especially with increase of autonomous and semi-autonomous technology and uh, remote operating centers. So some of the global miners, actually, when they established their remote operating centers, they decided to go for non-traditional role where the soft skills were, were required. And then they start, they've hired more females. Uh, for example, one of the remote operating center in Australia, they actually have 54% women in their remote operating center working for it. And the reason was because they look outside the traditional job roles. And that brings me to the next point I always say, when you're designing your future mind, don't look for the role, look for the skill you need. And that skill, because we're living in a technology-driven world, can be anybody or sitting anywhere. It means you can, you can have a diverse workforce, global workforce, and of course, more women because of the flexibility it offers. I think that's very profound when you say don't look for the role, look for the skill. Um, yeah, that is very interesting. On a more lighter note, I think we started a discussion on innovation more quickly. We just got into it, got running. But in the beginning, I did want to ask you what's your definition of innovation, because everyone has a different way of saying it. Some people just say, no, innovation is basically just problem solving. Some people just link it directly to the actual technology. So how would you define um, innovation? When I started Mining Innovation Portal, that was the first question I tried to solve. Because often we see innovation is get confused between creativity. And if you ask me in one liner, what differentiates innovation into creativity is, in my view, innovation will always have a value add. So doing something new differently, it can be a technology, it can be a process, it can be designing something which already exists again, so redesigning, but it has to have a value add. It means either make your life simple or improve your productivity or save your cost in mining terms. And that's what innovation for me. If it's not adding value, it's creativity. You do need cre to be creative to innovate, but innovation need to add value. Um, when you were giving a brief history of, you know, um, your, your journey, um, you mentioned that the take-up of innovation in South Africa was a bit slow, looking at 2007 and what was happening in 2015. What do you think some of the beliefs or what is the fear around um, taking up innovation fully and embracing this new world that we're going into? What do you think mining companies are a bit slow or reluctant to move into that space? So recently I have seen change 
people have truly embraced the idea of innovation and digital transformation in mining. Mining industry is always a very innovative industry. We have innovated some of the technology which actually went from across the board. So from mining, something we invented and now it's used in medical industry. As an industry we itself, we are very innovative. But in past, trained was to just develop our own solution in-house. It means mining industry starts suffering from not invented hair syndrome. So they were seeing the technology outside and they wanted to adopt. But it was always, I will drive my own research and I will develop these solutions for myself. But in recent, the way world is changing, we realize that there is a strong need for collaboration and you can get your solution faster if you collaborate with the partner. And with Rise Up Startup, you can actually buy a off-the-self solution than actually investing and developing yourself. So industry has changed. They realize that they need to collaborate and so invest into digital. And if you look around, most of the mining companies have a digital officer or innovation officer like you, manager like you, who is driving this change. And that's another scope for the emerging geologists and mining engineers to look for uh, these roles to be the innovation manager in mines and which was not there when i was in active in mine in field there was no such role as innovation manager or principal innovation no agreed it's, it's also very new i think in south 32 i was the first incumbent in the current role i'm in now so you're definitely right when you said something new in mining industries and they are um, doing some work to get into the space i think that the one thing i've definitely seen a take up of is the use of drones but i don't know what other emerging technologies do you see the mining industry um taking up so like drones for survey is very common almost every mining companies doing it. And then uh, tablets are very common. And when I say tablet, it's more wearable and devices. So helmets in underground mine is very common in uh, smart caps, in, especially in Australia, they are very common. What are the smart caps used for, for those people who may not know the function? Fatigue monitoring for the haul truck driver. So pretty much technology you can divide into few uh, groups. So there are technology, uh, emerging technology. So let me just, I actually make a notes for, note for you. So I will repeat this line because I knew it will be better to have a one note. Let's unpack what is actually 4IR technology means. So there are a subset of digital technology which helps to improve our operation. And if you have to group them, there is a one group, which is drones, smart sensors, and IoT devices. And when we talk about drones, it's straightforward. And then smart sensors and IoT is your all the RFID tags and uh, sensors, which we measure our machines and we track our people and asset. Then the second one is VR, AR, and XR, which is pretty much now, especially in South Africa, we have seen increase in COVID time. Mining are looking for AR and VR training, uh, VR and AR technology for the training. And then there are wearables and mobile tech in terms of device and smartwatch. And then blockchain is there, but we haven't seen much application in mining other than DBS has started their blockchain and now BHP is doing iron ore trading and build blockchain platform. So it's taking up. 
there are proven business case now. But if you look around in South Africa, key emerging technology trends we're seeing is uptake of drones, smart sensor, IoT, and mobile tech wearable, and VR and AR. Uh, VR and AR means virtual reality and augmented reality. And application of these technology in practical is data analytic because all these technology is nothing but a tool to collect the data. And then there is a analytics part, which is actually analyzing that data, what you collected. And that's where the real power lies. So technology alone is not a solution. How you you collect the data, but what you do about that data is more important. So a lot of mining companies are spending more energy and time to solve that problem. So rather than just putting sensors around, the focus is in data analytics and data platforms. So that's a very big drive across all the mining companies. Agreed. I was reading something recently, and I think it mentioned a statistic of about 10%, uh, between 10 and 20% of employees' time is lost in just trying to collect, just gather the data and sort it instead of doing actual work. So if companies move into a more data-centric um, space with organized data, they can, they can use it to make very effective decisions. And plus also you provide opportunity, you actually empower your employee to do the job they were hired to do. Yeah. Plus uh, you change the whole uh, leadership, leadership system because now the operator has power to actually make decision because because of data democratization it means everybody has access to information and the information is served them to the way they understand so it's no more talking very technical language and you have six smes or 10 smes deciding the whole strategy and every time there is a problem they will be telling you what to do so that's the beauty of technology it empower people to make decision and make data-driven informed decision to drive the productivity. Uh, I think my technical questions end there. But what I did want to ask you is for our young, you know, female and male listeners that are, are listening here today, what would you say to someone who would like to transition into this space or maybe someone who's still in university and would like to join the, the innovation space within the mining industry? I will say look around, keep yourself updated with the news, latest update in the technology. And best part of living in 2020 is that we have access to internet. It means you have access to information and you don't really have to invest in a degree unless you actually find interest in that. Saying means you can actually go to a lot of learning platform like Udemy, EDX, and actually do some free course. So there are options to do a course without a certificate and degree, or if you want, you can invest money. So by doing that, you actually figure out what you really like, and then you invest and get a certificate or degree into that. And pretty much read and look around what's happening, stay updated. And why I mentioned that 2020 is I always mention this movie, Hidden Figures, to the women and men. And reason being in 1961, if this group of women decide themselves that they want to upskill themselves and they learn how to operate the computer, not only they learn to operate the computer, but they learn the programming language, we have access to information and resources. And is is easy to transition now than it was in past because of just access to information makes it simple. And plus, build your network and find mentors. I do a lot of mentoring to young people and you don't have to have a one mentor. Look for different mentor 
for your different needs, learning needs. And if anybody wants to reach out to me, they are free to always reach out to me. And I always say, don't wait for opportunity, create those opportunities for yourself. And even when you're learning, there is no harm in start applying to new roles because there is always, you will learn better when you have a hands-on experience or opportunity. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think your reference to uh, the movie Hidden Figures is perfect for the transition conversation. So I would definitely urge anyone listening to just go take a look at that. So we we are currently faced with a pandemic, which is COVID-19. How do you think um, this has impacted innovation, if there's any impact? Uh, COVID-19 has actually served as a digital accelerator for that mining industry or every industry. So everybody was having a digital roadmap to do certain things in certain way in their time. And now we are forced to change how we do business. And it also created a business case to work differently how we do it. And I think in that way, COVID-19 is going to leave a positive impact because we have seen increase in remote work and it's now industry has accepted it and it's proven that people are more productive. There is actually 30% mining workforce currently working remotely and we are running efficient operation. There is an increased demand for people and asset tracking, uh, which makes our increased demand for people and asset tracking and which will drive the whole change in how we do maintain our asset and how we actually uh, run our operation more safer. And then uh, there is a demand for remote operating hubs and centers. It's going to drive the new way of looking at our business. It means a new way to incentivize employees, a new leadership model and KPIs, and also opportunity for having a diverse and inclusive workforce because now not everybody needs to go to mine to run a mine. Automation and semi-automation is in big demand because of the COVID because we need a social distancing. So it means you need a remote operator. So COVID is driving and accelerating the digitalization. I definitely agree with you. Um, I think the, I was sharing with a friend of mine that the one thing I appreciate about um, COVID is that before in the mining industry, you had to be sh- to show up physically to be seen. And now it's become very acceptable to work from home and um, actually show that you can be effective. So I actually enjoyed that because it means even when the world goes back to normal, I don't think that will ever happen. You have much more flexibility. And your KPI need to change now because it cannot be effort-based. It has to be outcome-based. And it's proven that if you measure people based on outcome, they deliver better. Agreed. But thank you so much. It was really lovely having um, you today. I think I can say for myself that I've learned, you know, a few more things about um, innovation and also just lovely getting someone else's perspective, even though that's the space I work in. So thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I'm looking forward to having you on the panel on Thursday. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Tintani. Thank you very much. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.